0: today we're focusing on community we're actually going to hit the pause button a little bit on our study through the book of mark to focus on a a community in the book of hebrews so if you have your bible go ahead and turn there Uh, hebrews is toward the end of your bible if you don't know where it is as we joke uh you know that's why god gave us the table of contents feel free to look there if you have it on your bible app that's even easier if you don't want to do any of those things it'll be up on the screen Um, but what we're looking at today is community because, of course, we're starting these community groups. Now, there are large numbers of folks in the, in, in, across the U.S., but I almost would say, especially in the Bay Area, uh, that of people who say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Have you, said, have you heard that said, or maybe you've said that yourself? I, I feel like what's being said underneath uh, when that's said is, uh, I'm, I'm interested in God, but not that church thing. And here at Current, uh, we don't blame you if that's been your thought or your feeling um, or you run into folks like that out in the community uh, because we've talked about this. The reason why people are rejecting Christianity, the reason why people are leaving the church in greater numbers than they have in the past or wanting less to do with the church to begin with in greater numbers than they have in the past are for three top reasons, hypocrisy, self-righteousness, and judgmentalism. And as much as we we find that tragic, we also see, oh my goodness, Jesus, the founder of the church, was so upset about these things. He couldn't stand hypocrisy. He couldn't stand self-righteousness. He couldn't stand judgmentalism. And so what we're trying to do here uh, at Current is really own that and say, you know, we don't have this all figured out. And that's the point. That's why Jesus came. And that should play out in our communities. Actually, that should be a driving force of our communities. And the, the reality is, the passage we're going to be looking at here in Hebrews uh, shows us the beauty and power of Christian community. It's so incredibly important for us. By the way, whether you've experienced it or you have not, uh, there's a lot of power here. And I want to I I uh, deep dive into this text and consider that with you today. But what I love here, just at the top, is there's a clear call of action today not only sermons have such a clear call to action i'm just going to put it out front it's pretty obvious consider signing up for a community group today Uh, so let's go ahead and and, uh, uh, read this Uh, how we're going to break this down are threefold we're going to look at the call of christian community the work of christian community and the purpose of christian community so hebrews 10 uh, starting in verse 23 through verse 25 i'll read this and then we'll pray let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. God, the fact of the matter is the church is messed up, and that's the point. Uh, We need you. Lord, we need you uh, to be the driving force of our community because it's easy to make it about us. It's easy to lose sight about the greater things that you have a heart for and that we know we should have a heart for. Lord, we commit this time to you. Would you, uh, would you speak through me now, I-, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's, let's get into this, and, and first, uh, the call of Christian community. I mean, I love just this text. It really shows us all these pronouns, right, these, these third-person pronouns. Verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on. And then verse 25, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. We are built for community. I think we all know this. Study after study shows this. One that, in, in particular, that caught my eye is this one that came out of Stanford, they first published back in 2007 in the Journal of, of Personality and Social uh, Psychology. It's this ongoing study. But here's what they found. Isolation, loneliness, and low social status can harm a person's subjective sense of well-being as well as his or her intellectual achievement, immune function, and health. Research shows that even a single instance of, an, of exclusion can undermine well-being, IQ test performance, and self-control. And I don't know about you, but I find that fascinating because I've always just kind of thought, okay, community or lack of community, it impacts our well-being, our emotional state. You know, stress can be all that much more hard to deal with if we don't have others around us. We're more prone to depression and all the rest of it. But this study is showing that lack of community, even a single instance, can impact our IQ, can impact our physical health. Uh, we need community. The call of Christian community here in this text is we are not meant to go it alone. Uh, you need community. Uh, the, the Bible, uh, John Wesley, an 18th century uh, English pastor, famously said, famously said, the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. There's a one anotherness in this that we cannot thrive without. Uh, I've heard, you know, I was talking about earlier, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I've heard Christians say, hey, you know, just... I'm fine without going to church. Just give me my favorite podcast of that preacher or give me that playlist of that band and I'm good to go. I can have my own little thing. Uh, that's all I need to experience God with. But the texts like these say it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Uh, we, you need community. So what's crazy to me is here we are in Silicon Valley, we talked about this a little bit last week under a different topic, but we are busy, and what happens when we're busy? Things get cut, and what gets cut often is community, even though deep down we know it's something that we need, that we desire, helps us thrive. You know, we've talked about this a little bit, so I'll streamline here, but it's like we find community in things like technology, social media, you know, like more superficial relationships, or like the Facebooks, or hanging out with people. through FaceTime or our phone in other ways, across the nation with our family back there or our friends from back then. One of the things I love about this area is some of these uh, high-tech companies, as you guys know, many of you guys work on these, these campuses, it feels like, for instance, Google, it feels like you're walking back onto a college campus if You've been there. If you guys sense that or seen that, it just—it's wonderful how their you know community is is a thought in, in how they design this thing. You got the volleyball courts, you got the infinity pools, which I'd love to go on that one personally. You got the awesome cafeterias, the whole the whole nine yards, and it's wonderful. But I've been I've been kind of conducting this informal survey as i visited a number of you, say on Google Campus, and what I've found is uh, almost all of you. What you say is, yeah, it's great, it's it's wonderful, but you know what the net effect of it all is, is we're working more. You you like to think that it's, oh, hey, we have all this time to play volleyball, but no, we're actually, the net effect is actually we're working more. Now, I love these things, don't get me wrong. They're great, and they're great ways of, of sparking community, but the sense of community our culture tries to create, it seems to me, doesn't scratch the surface of the richness, the depth, the beauty, the life-giving nature of community that the Bible says you need. We all need, whether you've experienced that or not. Uh, And before we break that down further, I wanna wanna say you need community, but in this text, we also see that community needs you. Do you see that here, just kind of the way it's talking about? I love thinking about verse 24, it's not, and let pastors Consider how we may spur everybody on. It's let us consider how we may spur one another on. We need to be there for others. There's a component of community that if you're not there, it's lacking. The best way I've heard this described is from uh, C.S. Lewis, a uh, Christian author, philosopher. He's probably most famously known for writing the, the Chronicles of Narnia. He, uh, he, ha- he describes a friendship that he had with Charles uh, William, I believe is his name, that's the lesser known of these guys, and J.R.R. Tolkien, whom they called uh, Ronald, these guys would get together over, over, you know, sitting in armchairs, having a drink around the fire, and they'd just talk life, which real quickly, if there were a time, if I could transport myself and be a fly on the wall for any conversations about history, this would be very high on that list, because these guys were geniuses, literary, creative, they were just brilliant. But so they'd have these conversations, they developed this sort of uh, community, this friendship. And listen how Lewis describes their community when Charles died. He said, We brought things out uh, in each other, and when Charles was gone, I lost a part of Ronald only Charles could bring out. I can't know Ronald all by myself. I realize I have to know Ronald in community. Have you sensed that before? That there's you experience something about somebody that only is drawn out from another individual. And I love the beauty of how this plays out on the higher level, the more diverse level in a church body. For instance, there's a number of you here in this room whom I'm not, I won't call up any. I don't want to embarrass you. But it's just you have such a wonderful gift to me and to others. You're so amazingly positive. And it's interesting to me, a number of you have been going through some hard times, some stressful times, and yet you're so amazingly positive. I feel uplifted after talking to you. And I have to remind myself, like, oh my goodness, that person's going through some hard times. There's times where I've left after Sunday, these gatherings, or lunch, or whatever, and my jaw is literally hurting because you're making me so happy. What a gift that we all need, by the way. And that's just by you being here you engaging in conversation you overcoming having a hard week or whatever and just saying hey i want to engage you in conversation others of you i love how real you are Are you're really embracing this culture we're trying to create at current that we don't have our act all together that's the point that's why jesus came and so you'll say things like you know yeah things aren't going as well at home as i as i care to admit but god's good it's all working out or what what a breath of fresh air! when you share these things. And what, you know, that allows the rest of us to say, oh my goodness, yeah, you too. Uh, we need to be there for others. Look, you cannot say, I have nothing to offer. As a pastor, I have heard this any number of times. And it, it always comes up in different ways. Oh, the community's like this. Oh, there's certain people like this. This is the culture. I don't have anything to offer. That's not me. But I would say to you, especially in light of these texts, you know what? All the more, we need you because it rounds out the diversity of, of who God wants us to be, and it, and it, and it helps us, uh, helps each of us. Uh, the insight I had as a, uh, that, that kind of came to me that, that I've been really mulling on as I've, as I've looked at this text again is not just, hey, I need community. I mean, I think that's how we are quick to say that. Why don't I have community? But this text, the Bible says, God shows us just as much, if not even more so, community needs community. You. And so we can't hoard who we are. If, God, if you are an encourager, if you're a leader, if you're generous, if you're, the list goes on and on, try to find humble ways to express that in community because we need you. Okay, so that's, that's the call of Christian community. Uh, the next what we see is we start to see a little bit more of what this looks like, how it works out, the, the, the work of Christian community. Uh, Listen to the relational verbs here in verse 24. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Uh, The relational verbs here, of course, are considering, spurring, and encouraging. And they really cover the whole spectrum. Uh, You know, first, consider. We need people in our lives to consider uh, who we are. Actually, the, the literal translation is is consider one another. I know the English doesn't quite say that, but it's saying we need to consider one another. Ponder, think about, mull over other people in our lives and have that happen to us. Who are the best people at considering in our culture? I can't see us arguing any otherwise across the board. Mothers. Mothers are just so good at considering their little ones. Are they not? I mean, they just, they're constantly thinking about, you know, how, is, how are they doing? How can I help? You know, maybe, maybe even spiritually speaking, how can I be praying for them? Now, okay, the analogy is we don't need more mothers in our life, but we need people like that considering us, thinking about us, checking in on us, even able to ask the right questions because they know what's going on in our lives, and we need to do, be doing that for others. I love again the beauty of this when it happens in Christian community. Which, by the way, if we're only if the only person considering in our life, uh, considering ourselves in our life is our mother or let's say if we're married our spouse we're missing out the beauty and the the wholeness of what the text is talking about for instance i think guys from time to time need other guys women you guys you you guys do better on the whole but i'm guessing it works you know it's good when you have other ladies in your life guys we're just in trouble uh, anyways, when we get together for guys, I love that it, there's always this moment if we get below the surface, which we're guys, that takes some work, you know. It's always, uh, like, I always have the thought of, oh, my goodness, you too? We, uh, Greg, one of our leaders here, he's coined this new phrase. You guys know baby showers so you throw before the baby comes just to kind of take care of the baby and the family? Uh, he's coined this phrase, uh, uh, daddy storms. Baby showers, daddy storms. I love it. And the whole idea is let's get together with the dad-to-be and rag on him. No, not rag on him. Uh, share what not to do. Okay, actually, that's true. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do that. And, and it's just a wonderful time of like, oh, man, you had trouble figuring out what to do with that thing. And by thing, I mean human being, this little baby. Like, you had that thing. You, you had that trouble too. I'm not alone. And just that starts to help us. Ladies the same way. So by the way, you know, to speak on that for a second with the community groups, that's why we want to have men's group, women's groups as an option. Mixed groups, same thing. We need different people in different lives, uh, different uh, life stages to be talking into us, to consider us. Singles, it's good to have other singles, but it's good to have other people in other life stages. You know, married people, you know, need singles and, and all the whole rest of it. Uh, we just need people pouring into us, and there's a richness, a beauty that comes out Uh, when we have this so the question here is do you have people in your life outside your immediate family in this immediate area who are thinking about you who are considering you who are checking in on you and then the other question related uh, just to that is do you have people in your life in this area to whom you are considering you're checking in on Uh, because we need that So we need to consider one another. We need to spur one another. Uh, This is going to be everybody's favorite word. Uh, It it literally means to irritate, Uh, to confront is probably a a better way. Uh, We need people in our lives who are asking us the questions. Hey, are you pursuing that for the right reasons? Or hey, is that person the right person for you? We need that, don't we? Uh, Listen to how one author puts this. The heart of community is to find a place that you can be yourself. A place where people know your real self. A place where people appreciate and, and embrace the best things about you. A place where people help you become even better. A place where people take the bad with the good and love you enough to help you work through the ugly parts of self. If it is not a place where you trust people to get familiar with who you really are, then it is not community. Uh, Some of you, if not most of you know, uh, here at Current, uh, one of the ways as we're getting up and running, we have an external board of advisors, and if there's one word to sum up their role in this whole thing is they are providing accountability, financial, they look at the budgets, they do all that sort of thing, so things aren't just happening willy-nilly, that that sort of thing, but they also provide accountability for me personally, and they they ask me questions, David, how are you, no, 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 okay, Uh, they've literally done this to me, yeah, okay, you've said that, now what's, how are you really feeling, how are you doing? They've literally done that. Uh, I know we like to say that in these, these sermons, but they're, they're doing that, which is great. And there's been times, even just to kind of share how this has been uh, ministering to me, when we've been starting this church, and there's been times I'm just like, how is this thing going to work? How is this thing gonna get going to go? I'm worried about that. How is this going to take care of itself? How is that going to happen? And there's been times where they, because they've had an, a relationship, we have this, this relationship, they've been able to say, David, okay, I get that, relax, trust you don't have to worry. God's going to help you. If, if he's called you to do this, don't you think he's going to take care of the rest? Whatever that means. And you know, as much as in the moment, hearing these sorts of things is like, oh, okay, it's good for us, is it not? Which, by the way, a quick sidebar for the Christians in the room, I think that's what verse 23 is about. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I love this because the writer is is basically saying, look, holding on to your faith is going to be a challenge at times. Let's be real about that. It's going to be a challenge at times. Do you know what the antidote to that is? Verse 23 goes into verse 24. Community. We need to be spending time with each other, building each other up, but wherever you're at spiritually, I think these were some of this idea of spurring, and then we'll move on to the next. Uh, the same, same author said, there are two opposing values here. Uh, you, have to choose, you have to choose between. On one hand, there is the Western value of independence independence and self-determination. It's the idea of being made, being a self-made person who stands on their own two feet. It's the idea that my life is my own, and no one has the right to tell me how to live it. The opposing value is in the line with the deepest part of you, which desires to connect to others in a real and intimate way. This is the idea that I am not my own, but I am part of a greater whole. It's the idea that I live my life in line with what's best for the For the community not just for me and it's this latter value that Jesus calls to you considering spurring and then we need to be encouraging one another now this is the polar opposite probably of spurring the word literally means to come alongside and it's it's to sympathize to empathize it's to be gracious towards and guys I don't know about you boy how do we need that especially in this culture the social media, the Twitter age, it feels like for every positive, affirming comment out there, there are like 10 more that are like tearing down. And especially, you guys have heard me say this during, uh, election years are just like hard for me because it feels like we just, we just become so polarizing as a culture. It, and because it's so widespread, it becomes so accepted, the church cannot be that way. We've got to shine in encouraging one another. Before we gathered as a, launch, uh, as a launch team, before we started meeting regularly like, like this here in the Senior Center, uh, we looked at this first, and we were talking specifically about this thought of encouraging, and I just said, hey, guys, can we just be an encouragement where we let, excuse me, a culture where we let encouragement reign? And here's the thing, it doesn't take much at all to have a huge impact in this way. There are times when Cindy and I are having rough rough go, you know, we're a little discouraged, we're a little down in the dumps, whatever it might be, and you know what's most often how we get pulled out of that? When one of you guys here says something like, "I mean, this is just how simple it is." Oh my goodness, that does sound really hard. You're like, "Oh, that was so helpful." We come back like, "Cindy, did you know? Hey, so and so said yeah, it really is that hard." Oh my goodness, well, yeah, it is really hard, and it's that's all it took. Have you ever experienced that? Hopefully, we can do even better than that, but it's just like that's all it takes. And I'm hoping what we're saying here is, I'm hoping what we're saying here is, oh my goodness, it's that easy? Yes, it is, but it doesn't come naturally. We have to be intentional about it. Encouraging, you gotta sit there, you gotta write the text. You gotta stop and say, hey, they did such a great job. Or, or, or man, I'm with you in that. I remember, or whatever it might be. We gotta take, and that's really the whole point here. The work of Christian community is, it takes effort even as, as it is so worth it. It takes effort. You know, sp- uh, considering, spurring, encouraging, that doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? It takes prioritizing relationships. It takes not giving, giving up the habit of meeting together. It takes, you know, not getting to the place where you're just like, you know what, I'm done with these people. The best illustration in the Bible, it seems to me, is, uh, is a metaphor that, that the Bible uses from millennia before Christ to, to describe God's people, all the way till after Christ to describe God's church, and that is the household of God. The, the body of Christ is a family. You've heard me say that I'm one of six kids. You better believe considering, spurring, and encouraging one another in a family of six kids was in a crucible. But it was great. I mean, there's times where I'm like, wow, this is intense. But there's also seasons of just great joy. And at the end of the day, I am so thankful for it because there, I have people in my life where I don't think at the end of the day, our, my siblings in, in the real world, we would have chosen to be friends otherwise. But because we have this biological bond of, through, through, the, through that, we get to experience just this beautiful, rich community and friendship that we would otherwise not have. That's the beauty, I think, all the more in the church. Because How much more diverse is it? Should it be? And We get the opportunity to, where else can a CEO sit down with a homeless man, lock arms, worship, you know, love God as we say, love one another, love the world? And not, by the way, with the pretense of, hey, I am tolerating your presence, but on equal footing because we're all created in God's image. Where else can we, like this community, a number of us, our first language is not English. Come together. Or, or a number of us, are, we're just out of college. We're trying to figure things out. Or a number of us are just trying to figure out the kid thing out for the first time. Or a number of us, if, empty nesters, and that's what we need each other. And when we have those folks coming in, and you come and you embrace that, uh, there's, this, there's this richness and beauty uh, that just we, we can't experience otherwise. Community. Uh, that's the, that's uh, the call of Christian community, the work of Christian community, and then finally the purpose of Christian community. Look one more time at, at verse 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's the purpose. That's the product. That's the end goal. We're supposed to develop community, build each other up for the purpose of love and good deeds. That word love is the word agape. It's a nuanced word in the Greek, which basically means it's, it's sacrificial love. It's living for others above ourselves. That is always the product. That is what I so love about Jesus. He says, I, want, I care about you. I want you to be built up, your, your person, you know, emotionally, spiritually, of course, but to the extent you start focusing on others and that being a, a big primary focus of this to, is to the extent you will start to be built up. The goal here is to love others. And so how does that look like? What does that look like here at Current? Especially when we start considering these community groups. I get really excited. I mean, there's this week I had a a lunch at Google, and this just started bubbling up for me how how excited it was. We were talking about, um, this gentleman uh, and I were talking about how, how do we love a place like Google? You know, there's these people they are so busy. There's not much chance to kind of get them. You know, they feel like, you know, hey, I have everything here. Do I really have anything? How do we, as a church, love a place like Google? And we started thinking about that, and we were like, first of all, asking that question is the goal here. I'm just like, man, this is, that right there is cool. And we started thinking about, well, everybody's got to eat, go to lunch, check in on people. There's time there. And then I got excited for these community groups, because what, what happens when a group of folks who are in similar types of environments get together not just pastor and and you know google employee but uh, a group of folks like that and say hey how do we love in this way that gets me really excited or what about a group of folks getting together who either live in this area or because we uh, worship here we have our gatherings in this area we have a heart for this place in mountain view we start to say, how do we love this area how do we put our minds together to love this area I would love for these community groups to have this built into them. For instance, before we even get into any study of any kind, we'll ask the question, hey, did you get a chance to love on anybody this week outside of current? And the big ways are small. Hey, my buddy at work is going through a hard time with, with family. They had an emergency back home. Can we just pray for them? Or hey, would a few of you, I don't know how to cook. Could, would you, a few of you help me like deliver a meal? I don't know. Or build, and, me, build into the community group structure times where we, act, where, we, where we take a break from serving in a given uh, meeting together in a given week, and we serve the community. Hey, how do we minister to say, hey, the senior center that meets throughout the week? And we have different organizations that we can partner with or we can explore. Spurring, encouraging, considering each other on towards love and good deeds. Uh, you know, as I see this text, and as I, you know, and as, and as you read uh, kind of what the Bible says across the board in terms of community, uh, when we, we will not know God apart from community. I think that's just a strong, commun- there's just such a component of community that helps us experience and know, know God more fully. And so when we, re- when we read the Bible, uh, how Jesus made disciples, he was constantly calling us into community. That, that was a part of the deal. He spent time with the disciples. He ate with them. He, he was connecting with them socially, emotionally, spiritually, of course. He was, he was considering them. He was spurring them. He was encouraging them on, uh, towards love and good deeds. Now, does that happen on a Sunday morning? No. Some of this happens on a Sunday morning. But there's, and Sunday mornings are, are important and great. We want to get together and worship together as a whole body coming together. We want to cast vision. We want to hear and receive the gospel. But we also hope the Sunday mornings spark an opportunity for us to develop closer relationships, friendships, fellowships, and more specifically to current community groups. And so we'd love for you to consider that today, signing up for one of these things, which, by the way... That's part of the reason why we're only going to be doing it for eight weeks. Uh, this is not a death till you, you, know, till you part scenario. Uh, we want you to feel the freedom to check things out. If it's working, great. If it's not, hey, that's okay. Uh, if you are not a follower of Christ, you are so invited to come. This is a wonderful way to experience and see, understand the claims of Christ and be loved in community even as wherever you are spiritually. And I know I can only say this, you have to experience this, but it's not going to be some weird deal. It's not gonna be some weird deal. And the reason I say that is because I remember the first time I went like, and said, oh, these guys be weird. Like, what are they gonna do? Here's the format, I'm just share it. Is it we're just gonna get together, check in on each other. How are you doing? Extent you wanna share, great. Extent you don't, fine. And then we'll look at, we'll talk about what, what we talk about on Sundays, you know, the week after. So if it's on a Wednesday, you'll be talking about what we just talked about on Sunday. You don't have to know all the answers. And by the way, that's not the point. You don't have to be comfortable with praying will probably, will be praying, but the leaders will be saying stuff like, hey, and it's okay, if, if you're not comfortable praying, don't pray. That's fine. The whole point is just to kind of invest each other in, in these sorts of ways. You don't have to know your Bible. A lot of people in the group won't necessarily know their Bible. That's okay. If you've been away from the church, and I know this is a number of you, and, you, you know, current has been a, an occasion for you to come back to church, I'd say give it another shot. Try it out. Uh, this is an opportunity to kind of experience community, hopefully in a way that'll be, that'll be really life-giving to you. And of course, if you've been a longtime follower, uh, these groups are for you too, um, because this is where life on life happens. At Kern, I, th- I think Cindy said it this way, we aim to be a church of community groups. Look, this is not a, hey, and if you don't sign up for a community group, you better feel guilty sermon, okay? None of that. This is just saying, hey, here's what we offer, and we'd love for you to give it a shot. Consider signing up for it today. Because we feel like in these friendships, in these groups, we can really taste, feel, and see the power, beauty, and life-giving nature of community that Jesus calls us to. Let's pray. Maybe the band can come up as we pray. Jesus, the fact of the matter is we don't get community right. We don't. Jesus, the fact of the matter is uh, we get it wrong more times than not. And what we really want to do at current here, from the inside out, is we just want to embrace the fact that we don't have it all figured out. That's the point. That's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. And you could have come on a rescue mission and just done it solo. But you didn't. You were were in community. You put up with these guys. You loved them despite themselves. And really that's a picture of what you give to us, you made available to us through Jesus' death and resurrection. But more than that, still is what you give to us that we might offer to others. Help us be a community that loves in this way. Loves like a family. That's our desire. We commit this all to you, Jesus, and it's your name we pray. Amen.